0: Welcome to The Word from Bethlehem Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Abigail Zang Hoffman. And I'm Pastor Amy Walter-Peterson. Thanks for dwelling in the Word with us today. Today's Gospel comes from the book of Matthew, the 17th chapter, beginning with the first verse. Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And Jesus was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three dwellings here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud a voice said, This is my Son, the Beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up and do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, tell no one about the vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Did you hear that? Jesus was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. What happened up there on that mountain? Why did Jesus take Peter, James, and John with him? Where was Andrew? He'd been with Jesus from the very beginning, just like his brother. But what about Philip and Bartholomew and Thomas and Matthew the tax collector, James and Thaddeus, Simon and Judas, the other disciples? Where were they when all of that light was breaking loose on the mountaintop? What does it mean that Jesus was transfigured before them? What did he look like before that moment, and during, and then after? How did they know it was Elijah and Moses? Were they wearing name tags? Did Jesus introduce them? Why did Peter offer to make a dwelling? Was it for him so he could preserve that moment? Or was it for Jesus so he could stay in communion with Moses and Elijah? So many questions. Seriously, I have more but I'll spare you all of those today. The story of Jesus transfigured on the mountain, a story that Matthew and Mark and Luke all include in their Gospels, is weird. Yeah, weird. I'll bet that some of you listening are grateful that I have said what you have been thinking And maybe some others of you wish that I would do a little bit more theological study so that I could find something more astute to say about this text than that it's weird. But this text and this day, Transfiguration Sunday, and this otherworldly narrative comes up each year on the last Sunday before the start of the Lenten season. And it usually leaves me with more questions than answers, as you have just heard. And this year, I'm allowing myself to voice the questions. We're going to have lots of opportunity to explore questions in the coming weeks. But in conversation with someone this week, and one that I've had with greater frequency over the last few months, I have been reminded that not all of us are encouraged to ask questions, and especially not in church. Some of us were taught that questions in church are a sign of doubt or at least signal a lack of faith. And so after a few harsh words from a Sunday school teacher or perhaps even a pastor, when we were young, we learned to keep those questions unvoiced or in our head. Don't ask. Tap down that curiosity. Don't try to connect what you're learning about science to what you read in the Bible. Keep your mouth shut. Just believe. That's what some of us have been taught. But it brings us back to Jesus' transfiguration on the mountaintop. And I wonder if questions aren't the most appropriate response to this text. Because our questions communicate wonder and curiosity. Questions promote relationship, and they are above all else deeply faithful. And so let me ask another one. What is it about this weird story that the church wants us to hear and ponder each year as we prepare to enter the honest season of Lent? Well, I will speak for myself and say that life in the world today doesn't feel much like a mountaintop these days. It feels heavy. I'm not talking about my own personal situation. I'm talking about the world around us. I have been deeply troubled this week by reading about a new study that reveals a deep well of hurt that girls are living with in our country. I'm discouraged by the signs of climate crisis that are daily in the news and are impacting millions in this world much more directly than me. I grieve over the continuing news of lives and entire towns and cities devastated by earthquakes or war or famine or neglect. I'm dispirited by poverty and hunger in our own backyard that continues to prevent our immediate neighbors from experiencing the abundant life that God intends for them. And I wonder if we, God's people in Christ's church, are up to the challenges God is calling us to attend to, or if we're content to busy ourselves with things that are not primary. That's the reality that I see around us. And then we have this story. What happened on that mountaintop? I don't really know, except something about Jesus changed and Peter, James and John got to see it. Is that why this story is so important for this time in our world? On the mountaintop, God changed Jesus, and Peter, James, and John got to see it? Well, that is still happening. Sometimes, still, God changes the world, and we get to see it. Just last week at church, I heard someone ask, how could we best give money to support the earthquake response in Turkey and Syria? Or a few weeks ago, after a recent guest talked about refugee resettlement locally and nationally, someone asked, what could we do? And over the last few weeks, I have been invited to be part of several conversations among leaders in the church, wondering about ministry among teens and asking how we re-engage ministry among young people that is vital and life-giving and responds to the very real challenges that they are facing. This story of Jesus' transfiguration matters to the church because it reminds us that God is still at work around us and sometimes even in the people we spend our daily lives with. And sometimes... We get to see that action. We get to participate in it, participate in it, even if it doesn't always look like much. A young person struggling with their identity finds a church that says, you are made in the image of God. A parent seeking to feed her family on a wage that falls below the poverty level finds mutual aid and food in a community that cares church makes the decision to invest in solar panels to lower their carbon footprint and produce energy for others. Every day, God is working all around us. And sometimes we actually see it. And when we do, isn't that transfiguration too? Maybe our questions in response to Jesus' transfiguration and really any part of our faith invite us to be aware of all of the other places in our lives where we find ourselves asking questions. And maybe those are the places where God is working to and inviting us to join in. Steve Garness Holmes is a retired pastor and writing, living in Maine. And this week, I read this poem that he wrote. Sometimes someone changes and you get to see it. And sometimes you finally see what was always there. Maybe this is the real grace of transfiguration. Not that things change, but that our seeing does. That we see with eyes of wonder that we see divine presence in this world, that we see resurrection in every death, see the gleam that is each person, even the doomed, that we see them beyond the limits of their flesh, see them in company with saints, see them divine, risen already from whatever deaths and disappointments they will endure, still shining. We see with eyes of mercy. Maybe, The miracle is not in the light that enters our eyes, but the light that shines out from them. Pray that by the grace of the God who shines, our eyes may be transfigured. That is my prayer for me and for you this week. Amen. We hope you've been fed by the Word this week. Don't miss an episode. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And share your feedback with us at Word at blcfairport.org. And if you'd like to learn more about Bethlehem Lutheran Church or support the ministry we share, including this podcast, please visit www.blcfairport.org.